Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week me and Miss Boo bring a movie to the table. Some are good, some are bad, but it's always fun here at the Film Club. Miss Boo, how are you? I'm doing good today, Dean. How are you doing? I'm doing really good because today is the first day of your journey into the world of anime that I've been trying to get you to go on. <sighs> For years, because you hate anime. I don't hate anime. It's just, yes, it's not do. my thing. She absolutely despises it, but... And Dean is a pathological liar, so do this, not believe a word he says. This month, Miss Boo, we will be doing something special for our audience, because it's going to be our anime shin month. That's correct. Yes, we're... Every week of this lovely month, we'll be talking about a different anime film. Now... As per usual, I brought today's pick. You're going to bring next week's pick? I am, and originally it was just going to be kind of, you know, an animation month where it could be any form of animation, but I decided why not rise to the challenge? Let's watch some things that I've never seen before. Because you don't watch any anime. No, not really. So for this month, there's four weeks, means two picks apiece for us. Yes, so there is. three out of the four movies I have not seen. Only three out of the four. Only three out of the four. There's only one that I've seen. Oh, that's on the right. list. So that's going to be our finale film. That will be our finale, but it's going to be an interesting month. It really is, and we're starting off with today's movie, my pick, which, if nothing else, it's an interesting film. Okay. Wow, what a savage! So this month's pick, I believe I previewed it last week. You did. You spoiled it last week, but in case people missed the ending of our episode last week, why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be doing for today's episode? Oh, I'm so excited. So today's episode is going to be the 1997 Satoshi Kon debut film, I think a masterpiece, Perfect Blue, which um, you, you, you just saw this movie, right? First time ever seeing it? Yeah, I, I stayed up till about 3 o'clock this morning watching this film because I had to do other stuff for the podcast. Good eye. Yeah. But I, I got a question. Should we put a trigger warning for the audience on this one? Yeah, we might need to slap one on there. Yeah, so for those who don't know, so this movie is going to deal with some things up to and including uh, mental health, uh, detached reality, murder. There's some very... Um, it's not graphic, but it's a but there is a rape scene in the film or a simulated one. It's a simulated scene, yes. And yeah, there's some very adult NSFW shit in the film. Yes, so if you have children that are into anime, this is not the one for them. No, no. Granted, most people saw this when they were like twelve or thirteen because anime in the nineties, you know. Yeah, and, and I was shocked by that scene when I came across it. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, because you and, went to this completely blind, right? Yeah, I went in completely blind. Um, you've been talking about this film for years, how much you really love it. Mm -hmm. So I never really looked into it. And coming up on this episode, I still wanted to go in completely blind. Mm -hmm. No spoilers. And I was shocked. You were shocked? I was shocked. Well, Miss Boo. Yes. Want to jump into the film? Let's do it. All right. So... For the elevator plot synopsis thing, so the audience kind of has an idea of what we're talking about, um, do you want to give the, the shot or should I? You probably should because you know the character is a little bit better than I do. Uh, just, just a hair, just a hair. So we have our main character, Mima, who is a pop idol in Japan. Mm -hmm. This entire film takes place in the contemporary 1997 
So... And she's the lead singer of a pop group called Chan. Yes. And she is deciding to leave the group and she's going to become an uh, an actress in this police drama that's going on for television. Very SVU-like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She's basically going to do S- Japanese SVU. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be her big break, and there's this whole backlash because of her fan base doesn't want to see her as an actress. They only see her as the pop idol, yeah. but no, and she has this very creepy, crazy stalker person that's obsessive about her. And as she is transitioning from her old life as Mima the pop idol into Mima the actress, she starts to lose touch with Mima the person yeah. and starts to kind of spiral into this kind of very strange like loss of sanity and loss of identity and there's also a string of murders that we're not sure if Mima's doing it if the stalker's doing it if like who's committing all these murders of the people around her is it something where it's a vengeance thing uh, against against her and it's it's a very interesting and in-depth film and it culminates in one of the most visually stunning like chase sequences in like anime like i i know there's probably some that are actually more like visually interesting but i love the editing and all that stuff of the third act it's fantastic but yeah it's a very good movie but miss boo i think it's obvious that i very much enjoy this film yes i want to know your thoughts because i asked you on the way over to record this did you like the movie? And you said, wait till the podcast. Well, exactly. I can't spoil everything before our episodes. It's true. Now I need to know. Did you like this movie at all or did you hate it? Because usually you hate anime. What do you think? I think you probably fucking hated this movie because it's a Dean movie. It was really weird, confusing, and it's kind of a, a pretentious film. How much do you want to bet on it? Uh, Now none, because I think now you love this movie because you're trying to get me. I mean, you never know. You might have a sure thing where I might hate this movie. I don't want to play it. Okay, what did you, you what do you, you think? You, you love betting, so why don't you bet me some Starbucks? Uh, Starbucks? All right, I'll bet you one Trenti iced tea lemonade. How's that? That sounds good to me. All right, so I'm going to say you loved this movie now. I don't want to wager that bet anymore because I did love this movie. Oh, shit, it happened. I told you you would like anime if I found you a good one. But you still owe me Starbucks. Of course I do. As, you know, it happens. But yeah, I ended up really liking this movie. Uh, the copy that you have, because I know you just bought it on DVD. Yes. Recently when we went to Frankenstein's. Because I think I actually have it with me right here. Because it is the 20th anniversary edition of the film that got released on Blu-ray. Um, and I found this at Frankenstein's, which, by the way, also saw Post Malone there. This Saturday, buying no, this, magic this cards. This past Wednesday. This past Wednesday, buying magic cards. So. And I wanted yeah. to go to, with them. I could have met Posty. Posty with the mosty. But yeah. But um, so about that DVD, mm-hmm. is it dubbed? Yes, I I only watch my animes dubbed because I'm a stupid American. Letting you all know now, dub is superior than sub. Okay, because I wasn't able to find it dubbed. I had to watch the original version with the subtitles. Okay. At three in the morning, tired, making sure that I couldn't look away from the screen or else I'd miss something. And Inbu is kind of famous for looking at her phone for like 30% of every movie she watches. I got stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're like the worst person to go to the theater with, but whatever. Oh no, in a theater, you know, I don't text, I don't look at my phone. You do take pictures of the Star Wars logo for Instagram, though. That's 
different. Yeah, totally different. That's different. Totally different. But to go back to the movie, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to go one way, and I was completely blindsided by the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is a mystery thriller aspect to the film. And I love, you know, mystery th- thriller suspense movies. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably the perfect way to transition me into these movies. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed the story. It would have been a lot easier if it had been dubbed. Yeah. Because, you know, you have the subtitles and everything, but they're not always correct in the in the phrasing when they like retranslate things yeah so that's i was kind of like okay they, they mean this they mean that but you, you had to do some minor interpretation of the the subtitles yeah but i'd like to see it again in a dubbed form mm-hmm. but even if in its original form it was good oh yeah um i enjoyed it um i don't know where you want to jump in from here if you want to go storyline characters anywhere with this movie like i honestly i could talk about like satoshi Kone, the the director mm-hmm. like forever because he's one of my favorite directors at least he does the most at least the movies he makes i can definitively say are like just tuned into like mm-hmm. this is this is some dean shit like i love all this stuff um yeah i mean i i can see that that this is very much a dean movie but in a good way yeah it's this isn't a racer head where Boo had nightmares about that film. I didn't have nightmares. It just drove me crazy. I heard that song like every day for I don't know a couple of weeks. It just kept playing over and over. Yeah, that's the best part about a Lynch movie. It sticks with you. But yeah, but Satoshi Kon, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, he's done literally the greatest. There's literally the greatest OVA of all time is i believe based on his work or like he either wrote a script or he directed it and it's um the segment of uh memories called magnetic rose which mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to hook you up with that's just prino okay and then he's also done like paprika millennium actress all of them are great films um but yeah i'm a huge fan of his work a lot of it is because he kind of deals with the same kind of themes in this movie because mm-hmm. this is his debut film he actually wanted to do oh, it as a okay. Yeah, he actually wanted to do it as a live-action film, but that money ain't ain't happening. And um, I was I was talking to my mom earlier about this movie, and I had said it was a really good story, and it would have been great live-action. And well, maybe someday, we're, we're 25 years down the line, maybe someday this could be made live-action. We, we kind of got the live-action version. Have you ever seen the movie Black Swan? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this movie and Black Swan are... Now, Darren Aronofsky will never admit this in public, but yeah, basically, perfect large chunks of Black Swan are borrowed from Perfect Blue. There's there's one shot I know that is a direct one-for-one, and that's the screaming in the bathtub. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that one's a direct one-for-one, and the storylines are vaguely similar, but yeah. That's Maybe great. that's why it felt a little familiar when I went into this. Mm-hmm. But I, I really kept thinking this would be amazing live action. I, think I mean, it, even if you shot this like on location in in 1997 Japan. <laughs> I mean, come on, we all want to go back to the 90s. But yeah, that's true. you know, going back to Japan and it's just you know architecture and you know the the beauty of Japan that would be quite something. Even if it was like like an all Japanese cast. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would be so cool because the story is very strong. It's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it kept my attention. I wasn't kind of like, oh man, you know, I'm so bored. I got to get through this movie because it's, it's a long movie. Is it? It's oh, yeah. I, it's, it's like well, an hour 30 or an hour 20. It's Yeah, well, that's not a long movie. 90 minutes is like baseline. Like that's baseline movie. But from someone that doesn't watch anime, mm-hmm. I mean, the most anime that I watched was Pokemon as a kid. Yeah. So it's like I'm used to like episodes that are like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So versus like a full length feature film, I didn't really know what to expect. But it was really good. Yes. Finally, I, I got my girlfriend to enjoy anime. I can I can die happy now. But yeah, but so the, sadly the goals that you have. Uh, you know you gotta you gotta set your goals kind of low so at least they're mildly realistic. But yeah, so why don't we get into the characters because I don't think we can talk about the actors per se because we saw two very different performances right yes we yeah. saw very two very different films i i don't really remember a lot of the characters names mm-hmm. i mean i just know like you know mima and rumi and i'm not sure if tarakoro is is he like the the male agent or the male um yeah i believe he's the male agent there's also um oh the how did you feel about um mr Mayamania? He was creepy. He, super creepy? Super creepy. Is he the definition of every woman's nightmare as a stalker? Yes. Okay. But it also, when I kind of went into this movie, right off the bat, you see them performing on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chem, you see them performing on stage. And uh, Mr. Stalker is there. He is part of the security intel that's, you know, guarding the, the band while they perform. Mm-hmm. And he just does this creepy thing with his hand where, I mean, oh. it's, it's a great shot. Oh, yeah. But, you know, from his perspective, she's, you know, basically dancing and performing in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'm like if she dies in the end or if there is, in fact, a stalker, it's definitely this guy. You're, you're like, in that moment, you got everything you needed to know about this character. Yeah. Everything. Right he's not off the a, bat. He's not obsessed with the, with the woman. Mm-hmm. He's obsessed with the woman, the performance that this woman is putting on he's with, obsessed with the character yes with the persona yeah and that's like that is such an interesting thing because this movie's made in 97 where yeah. people who had like personas were famous people yeah you know it's like oh they're putting on an act in front of like you know tmz the camera and stuff like yeah. that we're not really seeing you know the actual person the actual person but now we're in 2021 where everyone has a social media and they're portraying a maybe not a different version of themselves but a more mm, let's say heightened version of themselves on social media right everybody is guilty of putting a a filter on their on their instagram selfie to like clean up some stuff or you use the photoshop app if you know how to use it i mean there was one guy from the convention that we went to recently that showed us his his instagram that man is a is a master of photoshop yeah we're, we're not going to talk about that too much. Nah, but, nah. Uh, okay. but yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, everyone has a persona. And, I mean, that's kind of what you do online because you could be anybody online. Mm-hmm. and That's actually a point in the movie. Exactly. And that's what our, you know, that's what our character struggles with. You know, she's transitioning from one persona to another and she's feeling like she's torn apart mm-hmm. between the two. And it's kind of like, well, and really, who am I? 
Yeah, and she's losing the sense of the, the the who am I, the the woman that actually is just, she lives in this little apartment in like the middle of Tokyo. Which I like that, you know, we see her on stage and she's in full, you know, concert get up and then the next frame is her in very much regular clothing going grocery shopping and buying milk, buying food for her fish. And it's just kind of like, yes, you know, you've got this huge following. People are, you know, devastated that you're leaving the band. But at the end of the day, you're still a regular person like everybody else. Yeah. And it's creepy to see that, well, it's in 97, right? Or it's mid-90s? Yeah, mid-90s. You know, so we're, you know, having the internet being introduced. And there's a fan page or a page made about her. And she kind of room. Yeah, and people, you know, she kind of brushes it off in the beginning with, you know, oh, it's it's whatever. But then, you know, these really, really specific details start being put on this website. Where they're like blog posts from the real Mima, where mm-hmm. there's like almost diary entries and diary stuff. Diary entries, there's pictures of her shopping and mm-hmm. her, you know, oh yeah, you know, this is the fish, you know, the food that I get for my fish or, you know, this is the only kind of milk that I buy. And it's like, you know, now on social media, people will plug their favorite products and People will literally step-by-step step record their day on, on social media. They will record it, or they get sponsorships with people. So it's like, hey, I do drink this, but back in the 90s, that really wasn't a thing unless you were doing commercials. Yeah, you again, that's the, the interesting thing. That's why this movie, I think, just gets... It is aged like a fine wine. Where in the 90s, it's like, oh, this is relative to like people who have like a certain status things, and it's like, as the audience, we're looking at somebody who is... In that in that weird stratosphere of of fame, quote yeah. unquote, but now it's like we're looking at Mima and we like yeah, this is a higher echelon of fame, but we can relate to that on a more personal level than before yeah. because it's like wait a minute, this weird thing about like people on online who have like are like chat rooms and stuff like that mm-hmm. who are like doing these weird posts and stuff like that. Like this is almost like she's going on Reddit and it's she's being creeped out of the creepy pasta about her, right? Well, I mean, considering before she even got her computer, she had just a fax in her apartment, and she gets a fax saying, what, traitor? I think that's... Something, yeah. In my version, it it popped up as, like, traitor, like, a bunch of times, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, she gets that letter from somebody in the crowd when she's getting into her car saying, I love watching you in your room. Yeah. And it's just... How... So creepy. So creepy, and her, um, her manager, Rumi, kind of brushes it off, and it's like, oh, you know, well, it's this online site about you so it's not like they're actually watching you but she's actually being watched in yeah. v- different ways because uh mr mega fan follows uh follows mima not just from the stage she follows her throughout her career of acting with the show mm-hmm. and he always manages to find her doesn't matter where she goes He's there. It's the thing about that that stalker and that celebrity obsession and that weird like like culture of celebrity obsession. I think like you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, where where people think that they know these celebrities and they get defensive about them and it's like I gotta be with them because we know each other, we're you know, we're friends or we're more than that and it's like, no, you don't. You just know a face that's on TV or somebody that you see on stage or in a magazine it's like you don't actually know this person yeah it's it's kind of the thing where 
like like streamers, I guess you know, like uh, PewDiePie is a mm-hmm. is a famous person, you know, an example. Where some people have a feeling, well, I watch all of his streams, yeah. I see what he does, like I know this guy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But you don't know him, yeah. You you know the persona he streams as for like X number of hours. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I watch a lot of live streams and YouTube because YouTube's a lot easier to watch than regular cable. You could just put on whatever. And I've actually met some of the vloggers that I watch on YouTube and it's surreal seeing them in real life Mm -hmm. versus, you know, seeing them on your TV or your phone. But even in real life, it's like they are very much real people. They're going to do what real people do. And it's like, you kind of got to leave them alone. You, you can, you know, be polite and go up and say, you know, hi, nice to meet you. I love your content. But you're not best friends with these people. And that's when we get into the mm-hmm. weird stalker people. Yes. Which this character is the worst kind of stalker. He's the kind oh, that gets yeah. violent. And yeah, and it it's a rough scene. Oh, at the end? Yeah. Yeah, because it's those whole thing where it's this... Oh man, it's really hard to describe like Mima's arc because this movie goes all over the place in terms of like her her spiral into like basically like a psychotic break. Yeah, because you know there's a couple of times where I'm thinking that well there are murders in this movie, and mm. I'm thinking is Mima really out there killing people? Is she that far gone that she's just murdering people and doesn't remember? Is, yeah, is she literally developing like this split personality where it's Mima. The, the icon versus Mima the person. Yeah, because uh, basically in this movie, Mima kind of, you know, turns into Norman Bates a little bit, where she's one person, but there's also another person living inside of her. And it's like, well, we can't really give her too much crap because the real Mima has shut off and someone else has kind of activated. Yeah, and I mean, that's like, that's a thing where we're assuming that's what's going on mm-hmm. throughout a lot of the movie. And then when we get the reveal at the end, and that's just I was out so there. shocked. Right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <sighs> it, yeah. It wasn't what I was expecting. It, it's true. It, I've heard a lot of people complain about the ending of the movie, where like it comes out of nowhere. I'm like, not really. But it is one of those things that's not telegraphed super obviously throughout the movie. Yeah. But you can kind of pick it up. Yeah. I had to sit back and think about it, and I was like, okay, I, I missed some of those warning signs. I kind of like brushed them off. I mean, I was blindsided. I enjoy the ending. I think it's a, a really good way to end it. Also, like, the the shot of her running against the mirror. Yeah. So good, right? So good. Oh, I told you, boo. That, I, mean, <clears throat> I mean, just even the initial shot when she's in the apartment, the simulated apartment, that's not her apartment. Which, how creepy was that? That's so creepy. That's, like, that, that's got to be, a, like, a worse dream for everybody, you know? You're so used to your daily schedule you wake up and I'm home, but I'm not really home. It's and then you look outside and no, you're definitely not home. It's, it's the thing where, so Mima like faints at a uh, television thing after she's been attacked by Mr. Stalker. Yeah. And Rumi takes her to her apartment. Rumi. Rumi's been her manager for who knows how long. Since her career started, Mima wakes up and she's in her, what looks like her apartment. Yeah. Fisher there, the posters are up, the bed's made, everything looks exactly, more or less, like Mima's apartment. And what got me, and I knew that something was wrong, was the fish were dead. It, yeah, the fish were dead in, in and Mima's apartment, and she had a whole, like, Oh, the breakdown. whole tank, the whole tank was full of fish, and also 
the poster of her band, she had taken that her first scene, her first scene when we see her apartment, she took that poster down and put it away. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff, a lot of her memorabilia that she had taken down was back up again. And I'm like, that's not right. And then she <laughs> opens the window and it's the big reveal. Spoiler alert for a 20 something year old movie. Uh, and it, we, and like Rumi comes out and she reveals that she's actually the one. She has this weird. So, okay. Rumi's crazy, right? Yeah, they say whatever term it is, and I can't think of it. It's like she developed a split personality, and yeah, it's like she's, the meme she, of personality. She's really the Norman Bates of the movie, where she thinks that she's Mima to the point where she dresses like her, and it's a great reveal when we see Mima in her uh, concert outfit, and then in the mirror right beside her, it's Rumi. Is that it? Yeah, Rumi. Yeah in the same outfit and it's just like oh my god you've you're the person doing all of this yes also by all of this we have to talk about one of the most brutal murder scenes in oh, cinema oh yeah you talk about bad. the screwdriver yeah oh i mean i felt that, that. screwdriver scene oh it's yeah, horrifying mima you know when she decides to be an actress it's not only you know hey i'm gonna start acting people are also start approaching her to model so she goes with the photographer and it's, you know, well, this is a great shot. You know, can you open this? Can you take off a little bit more? Let, let's do a little bit more. And it's just like. It's, it's the weird thing about when when she goes with a photographer, it just escalates into her basically just posing very nude. Very completely nude. And well, that's the crazy thing, because the scene that follows that where Mima's like breaking down in her apartment where she's yeah. like i didn't want to do it but i didn't want to disappoint anybody exactly and she's monologuing to herself there and it, it's so weird that exactly. we only see like real real mima when she's completely alone any scene where she's with somebody else that even that is a performance yeah and and that's why it's like you know i felt so bad for her because i am a photographer and i have worked with people in the nude and i've heard stories about people that like her have been pressured with you know I don't want to upset this person and they've done this and they've regretted it. And it's like, you really, really have to make sure that you are taking care of the people that you photograph. Yeah. Because even if she is a celebrity and actress, she's still a person. You do not want to pressure somebody into doing something that they do not want to do. And man, does this photographer meet a brutal death? Oh yeah. Cause I mean, I've seen anime clips, I've seen Pokemon, but I've never seen a murder in an anime, and my god, that was so gory. Yes! <laughs> yeah, this isn't even the most gory anime you could find, like, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm sure, but I wasn't expecting this. It, it is interesting, so, because we talked a lot about the movie, but I, I kind of want to know something a little bit more, because, Boo, you've never gotten into anime at all, right? And just I'm gonna, Pokemon. Just Pokemon. And Pokemon's literally the only anime you have any fondness for, and that's mostly because of childhood nostalgia stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was the perfect age for Pokemon when the cards landed here in the States. Yeah. So that's pretty much my entire education in anime. So, yeah, this has been eye-opening. Yeah. So now that you've seen Perfect Blue, yeah. would you be interested in watching more anime outside of this? Yeah, I'd be interested in watching more. Okay. Now, now, Boo, I say this because Satoshi Kon has a lot of great shit, and I'm going to show you a lot of it. Yeah. But before we hit the wrap-up, is there anything you really want to jump like jump out and talk about? Because we talked about the characters, talked about the plots, we talked about some 
really cool scenes. But is there anything in particular you wanna you wanna poke at before we do the wrap up here? Hmm. Because I mean, there's a lot of interesting scenes. I think maybe we should talk about the the final showdown with her actual stalker. Oh, with God. The, the mega stalker. That is, that is a. That scene is amazing. Okay. Because I mean, not only. I'm sure, like, a lot of actresses, that's probably, like, a huge fear of being alone in a studio and being chased down by somebody. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, which we've gotten that, like, in Scream 3. We've had that in a lot of slasher flicks. Exactly. And, yeah, it's terrifying because you, at this point, you don't know if Mima is actually conscious or if this is a dream or... How much of this is real? How much of this is an hallucination? We, at that point, we're not even completely sure the stalker's real. Yeah, because he just keeps appearing, and she panics, and she looks back, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was kind of my thing of, is this really happening? I, I was trying to, you know, for my sanity, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like, is this happening? Or am I like the character, and I have no idea what's going on? Yeah. Uh, the It works so well because the editing in this movie is so out there and it's great yeah but on the note of the of the scene the showdown with the stalker so they have that showdown on the stalker and it's in the um and the film that they're making um that meme is um starring in well she's not starring in she's got starring in it. it's the tv show it's the tv show they're at a set where it's supposed to be a strip club and the story is that mima was a stripper who gets assaulted at the club and then that um the stripper character has a psychotic break and starts killing people right yeah it's supposed to be a parallel as to what's going on in the story yeah and there's a the very rough uh simulated rape scene that happens in the show yeah and then when the stalker character gets a hold of mima it's almost paralleling the shots that you know the the false rape and he's gonna try to do it for real and it's very, like, unsettling, that mirroring. Because then that's where I'm starting to think, is this just her having that break and she's just transposing her boogeyman character in right. her head into the worst scenario she can think of? I mean, considering the stalker is very upset with her for, like, you know... What did he tell her? Like, you know, you're you're bringing dishonor to the her real... Name. to To Mima's name. Yeah. And then... He goes and tries to rape her, and it's like, what? I'm like, what even is that? Like, it's so it's it's so weird because that the stalker characters has this whole um weird obsession for the persona, but he doesn't yeah. care about the person. Yeah, and he's also under the assumption, I guess, in his own mental mind space, that the real Mima is this amalgamation of things on the internet because he's being communicated by somebody claiming to be the real Mima. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he's just raping her as, like, a, a thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to, like, defile you, like, defiled her name before I kill you. Yeah. Which is a whole other weird can of worm shit. Yeah. But Mima manages to get away before anything happens. Yeah, Thank the I Lord. mean, she, she gets him with a hammer to the head. Yeah. And then, like, we find out later that Rumi, like, kills him and then, like, hides his body yeah. when... Mima comes back because that's when Mima faints. Yeah. After after the, her interaction with him, she goes back with Rumi to try and show it's like there's 
this crazy guy here and the, where he was supposed to be lying there unconscious or dead. Yeah. He's not there. And that's when we're like, oh my God, she, this woman is absolutely batshit. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up in the apartment and that leads us into that great finale, that reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your thoughts on, I, I want to know your thoughts on the ending shot. Or the ending, where she looks... Where, where she's visiting, uh, or not visiting Rumi, but... Well, she goes to see Rumi at the mental time. I'm talking about after that, when she sits in the car and breaks the fourth wall and just looks dead in the camera. That was pretty cool. That, okay. I like that. You like that? Yeah. Okay. Is that showing that Mima's crazy? Or that none of this is real and that was all in her head? I mean, I think we're all a little bit crazy. We all go a little mad sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I, I think she broke the fourth wall, and who knows? Maybe they'll do a sequel 25 years down the line. We never know. Well, unfortunately, we can't get a sequel to this film because, unfortunately, Mr. Satoshi Kon passed away in 2010 from oh. pancreatic cancer. So, Lasai, but... Really good movie. Very good movie. I I have not seen a Satoshi Kon movie I didn't like. But, with that sad news, why don't we wrap this up and tell everybody the much more happy and kid-friendly film we'll be watching next week. That's right. We are going to be watching a more kid-friendly film. And this is actually inspired by a couple of my younger cousins because they really enjoy this movie. And I thought, why not, you know, jump into this and see if I like it. And, and also because it has a cat in it. does have a little black cat in it, just like mine. So, next week, we're going to be watching Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, buddy. And it's my first time watching it, so I don't know what to expect. I mean, it is a Studio Ghibli film. It's a Miyazaki film. That's some high pedigree. From what I've heard, yes. Yep. Well, I'm excited. Can't wait. It's going to be my first time seeing that film as well. Oh, I thought you would have seen it. Well, Kiki's Delivery Service is one of the Miyazaki films I haven't seen. I've seen, like, a few other ones, Spirit mm -hmm. Away and Howl's Moving Castle, those ones. My but... Totoro. Yeah, my neighbor Totoro. I haven't I haven't seen this particular one. Okay. Which is gonna be fun. So yeah, so be prepared next week. It's gonna be a brand new film for both of us. It will be. And if you wanna follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you wanna listen to us on a different platform, we're on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, and just about everywhere that podcasts are streamed. And, depending on when I stop being lazy, soon, very soon, you will be able to find us on the YouTube channel, In The Frame, along with our sister podcast, other podcast I do. Yeah, our, our sister podcast, The Double Feature Podcast. Yes, you'll be able to find that there. There'll be a little bit extra content there if you enjoy. But yeah, Boo, I think that's about it. Yeah, so if you don't have access to these podcast sites, we're, we're going to be on YouTube soon, which I'm excited for. Me too. So, well, we'll see you next week at the Film Club. Peace. <laughs>